0: On today's episode of the Gaucho 9 Podcast, we recap the Oregon series, the sweep of the Ducks with UCSB Analytics, and we start out with some highlights and some interviews from the weekend. That's all coming up next on the Gaucho 9 Pod. Today's episode is brought to you by our great sponsors, Kyle's Kitchen. Check them out in Santa Barbara and Goleta. They have three locations. They are staffed by outstanding people, and they provide... Great burgers, great fries, and great adult beverages. Go into Kyle's Kitchen, say hi to Kyle, and um, thank them for being proud supporters of UCSB baseball. All right, let's get to today's episode of Couch Nine Podcast. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America: the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. There's the one-strike pitch, and Mitchell belts it to deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly, and Curley pulls back the home run, and the Gauchos are going to win the game. Gauchos are going to Omaha, can you believe it? Borgonio is back, he's going to turn and watch this one fly, a two-run homer for Klaassen. And the score is due, here comes Mitchell, he's going to score. Willets. Will make the catch, and the Gauchos are 2022 Big West champions. The pitch trying to frame it and doing a little delay steal. So Nishida, right there, delay steal, and the throw was short to second base. So Nishida at third, and here's the pitch, and it's a line drive. Diving catch made by Oakley on the outfield grass, and that saves a run. What a play by Nick Oakley. Full extension on the forehand side, and that's out number two. Now, line drive by Smith. He didn't scald it by any means, but it took a full-length dive by Nick Oakley with a highlight reel play here in the top uh, bottom of the first inning. A good Oregon team last year. Drew Cowley wound up hitting 424. 151 at-bats. Here's a swing and a miss, and Gutierrez strikes out the side as he gets Walsh with a fastball off the outside corner. And we'll go to the third. No score, Ducks and Gauchos. Wild pitch, and Gauchos with a runner at third, two outs, a chance to take the lead here in the third inning. But With the wind blowing out to center field, the most of the players And if you're sitting in the lower levels, the fans as Darby drives this right field. Diodati going back, looking up. This one's on top of the batting cages. Xander Darby loves hitting at PK Park as he homers for the first time here in 2023 and gives the Gaunces a 2-0 lead. So lefty on lefty with Walsh here. Open is quiet. It's Carter's inning to finish. One down. And the first pitch, breaking ball hits slowly back up the middle. Oakley flips to Nunez. The turn to first. One pitch, double play, 4-6-3. And Benbrook fired up as he comes off the hill. Gouches get out of the jam. It's still 2-1 to one as we go to the seventh. That one was pretty cold. But Kentucky in 2017, it was you know, 30, 32 degrees each game. Here's the next pitch to Bredauer. Pulled to left field, high and deep. This one is long gone, folks. A grand slam by Ivan Bredauer. Blows it open here in the seventh. Six to two, Gauchos. Last of the ninth, two outs. Two runners on. Cowley at the plate, Schreier on the hill. And the righty kicks and delivers. And this one is hit to left, hit well. Bredauer moving back, he's got room and he makes the catch. And the Gauchos take game one of the series here in Eugene, Oregon. Six to two, the final. Mikey Gutierrez gets his first win of the season, but he's hit a few pretty solidly yesterday as Parker drives this to left field. Tanner Smith moving over, he's at the fence, he leaps and this one is gone. Aaron Parker with a solo home run into the left field bullpen. And the Gauchos lead it one to nothing. First career long ball for Aaron Parker. And once again, the Gauchos strike first. Three and two to Tanner Smith again. Here it is. And a breaking ball is hit and it's caught by Nunez. And he goes to second and Oakley steps on the bag. It's a double play. Nunez was standing behind Grant, had to go to his backhand, a little leap in the air, caught it above his head on the backhand, spun and throw to second with Oakley covering, and a double play erases a base runner. And the 2 0 is hammered to left field, high and deep. Smith is looking up, he can watch it fly. It's a solo homer for Sundstrom, and that makes it 2 0. 2-2. Two, two. Sliders swung on and missed as he gets shade. In the end, Ager strikes out the side, does surrender a pair of hits, but puts a zero on the board. And has a shut down inning after the Gauchos got three in the top half, we'll go to the fifth. Gauchos four, ducks nothing. 1-1 one, one pitch is hit back through the middle. It's a base hit. Sundstrom scores. McCollum will come home. He will score, and Parker slides in ahead of the throw from Shade. And on the play, Nunez moves up to second base. It's a two-run single for the true freshman, and the Gauchos lead at six to nothing. Curtley trying to join the hit parade, and he hammers this deep to left center. On the move is Betcher. He's turning and watching this one fly a long solo home run for Kirtley. and the Gauchos lead at eight nothing. First long ball for Kurt here in 2023. Two homers. And Sundstrom drives it to center. Betcher drifting back, backpedaling. He's on the track. He's at the wall. And this one is out of here. Sundstrom, homers for the second time. Two solo homers in the inning. And it's 9-0. 1-0 pitch is driven to right field. Going back is Diodati. Looking up, leaping at the wall, and it's gone. Aaron Parker with a solo homer. He has a two-homer game, and it's gone homer, K, homer, K, homer here in the eighth inning. 10-0 Santa Barbara. 280 hitter. And that strike three called. Outside corner at the knees, and Tyler Bremner has four strikeouts. And he is um, hes feeling pretty good. That's now five strikeouts in a row. If you go back to the sixth with Ager, striking out Cowley. Here's the windup. And the pitch, this is ground ball to second. Charging is Trimble. Got it on two hops, and he throws to first. Reed Mooring, six up, six down through his first two innings. And he has a one nothing lead as we move to the third here in Eugene. pitch to Trimble is hit high in the air. Deep, deep right field. Diodati is looking up. He's going to turn and watch this one fly into the parking lot. Justin Trimble with a two-run homer. And the Gauchos lead it 3-0. So Trim's first hit of the year is a long ball. Some finals. Louisville dropping a game to Bowling Green, 9-6. Here is a hit and run. This pitch is swung on and missed. Throw down to second, right to the glove of Trimble as Thompson slid in. And Newman throws out a would-be base stealer, and that's the second out of the inning. Cali waits. Barrett sent below the belt. Here's the pitch. Fastball swung on and missed. Hudson Barrett. With a huge pair of strikeouts here to the lefty Smith and Cowley. And he strands a pair of runners at first and third and works around a jam here in the eighth inning to preserve the two-run lead. What an effort from Barrett, the true freshman in that eighth inning. We'll go to the ninth, looking for some insurance. Gauchos three, Ducks one. 4-1 Gauchos, game three of the series. and 10-0. The two wins for the Gauchos earlier this weekend, and here's the 0-2, and it's hit in the air. Deep right center, it's gonna stay in the yard for Sundstrom, and he makes the catch, and UC Santa Barbara comes to Eugene, Oregon after the rescheduling, and sweeps the Ducks in three games. 6-2, 10-0, and 4-1 here in the finale. An outstanding performance by the pitching staff today. In the two games, the Gauchos allow one run and nine hits in the 18 innings. Ager and Bremner this afternoon, and Moring, Barrett, and Whiting here this evening. A tremendous performance by the Gaucho pitchers and a tremendous performance by the Gaucho offense. They hit eight home runs in the series they hit six home runs today, five in the 10-0 to win and one here in the finale. And that one by Justin Trimble was the difference in the game, a two-run shot in the fourth inning. Welcome back to the Logic Monitor pregame show. We're in Eugene, Oregon. It was a mad scramble, but the Gouchers made it. It's uh, game one of this little mini three-game series. One game today, Friday, two games Saturday. Against the Ducks here on the road, second year in a row, we made the trip to Oregon and I'm standing with a man who played yes. in these games last year and is now in the dugout working with the gauchos on the staff behind the scenes. It's Johnny Bloom. What's up, dude? Thanks for having me on, man. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh what was it yesterday on the on the bus or in the airport? You're like we were talking about the podcast. And you're like, When are we gonna get me on the podcast so we can talk shop? No, it was in the it was in the MLB room. Yes, yeah, before we left. So, so what, like, what was going through your head with that comment?
1: I mean, I love the pod. I've, I think I've listened to every single episode. All you know, 85 episodes. I'm an avid listener. I used to listen to the season previews, try, try to get a feel for where I'm going to be at in the lineup, you know, who we're going to play. Um, but, no, I really like it. You know, I find myself. Because, obviously,
0: the details that we share in the podcast are 100% correct all the time and checks listens to the podcast so he can make the starting lineup based on the information that I give him on the podcast.
1: Yeah, I mean the pod is number 1. You know, the pod is first and then everything else trickles down from that. Dude, so. I I love the plug. It's great. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. Thank you. No, I love the pod. Man. I love Gacho baseball and I love baseball so any any bit more I can get of it when I'm not at the field, I take advantage
0: of. It. Well, let, let's get current situation out of the way. It's it's a bright sunny day here in Eugene, Oregon, but it's uh, it's cold. It's cold. We're right around freezing. Uh, wind chills in the low 20s. And it's blowing straight out to center field. I don't know if you noticed that. So it could be, could be a big day. Um, Alex Schreier, you have any thoughts on that?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think if we play our ball game. You know, get the pitches elevated as an offense, drive the ball, make pitches, execute. It'll be a good day for the Gauchos.
1: Sinker guy there, so he's not too worried about the wind.
0: Sink, sinker guy, Alex Schreier. Yeah,
1: not worried about the wind at all. Yeah, second best Schreier, too.
0: Cody <laughs> Schreier having a great year. Shortstop, UCLA. We don't, we don't need to shout out Cody Schreier. My bad. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> okay, well, hang on. Current situation. So, um, conditions. You know, gotchas are facing a little adversity. That was Chuck's message coming off the bus. It was a mentality day. Um, what do you got on mentality?
1: Uh,
0: I mean, it's definitely
1: kind of one of those things that you see where you're at as a club. It was a late night last night getting into Oregon. thought we were going to Arizona. You know, didn't really know. Uh, getting practice in, so... Got some weather. It's just kind of one of those things where you got to show up and play and check in. And it kind of shows you what you're made of a little bit. And if the Gauchos can come out and and play well and get a good win and stick to what we do on Friday night here, it's it's a good sign for where we're headed, I think.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree. Couldn't have said it better myself. What do you remember about this yard and this team last year when you played them last year?
1: So we played them here last year. The yard, kind of good environment last year. Had some chirpy fans that made you feel like it was kind of an important game. Every game is. Every game is. Um, but we played them. We played them the year before that too, and we've just always played them really close. Uh, they swept us at home two years ago when we played, and then we came here and lost the first two, gave up a walk-off homer, and it was kind of like after that second game, we were like looking at each other like we got to go, um, and then we were able to pull the next two out, and it was kind of a really a point in our season that stood out as like we're we're gonna be able to do this. Like we we got some have the ability to overcome some adversity and, and kind of play some really important innings and pitches. So it's it's a good environment. We always play them close, so.
0: Well, the, the word is that like the Gauchos, uh, the Ducks also fairly young. They have they have some injuries on the mound. So some guys that we saw last year who are on the roster that won't pitch this weekend, guys like Isaac Aon and RJ Gordon will not face the Gauchos this week. So they have some new arms on the hill and they, uh, they have some new guys in the field. So kind of some similar vibes for both teams with uh, new players, this is something that you get in college baseball, of course. You get turnaround every year, but sometimes you get consistency. you feel fill the same team you know, two years in a row, something like that. But both teams kind of with a similar feel. So how do you think that will affect the game this weekend, having it be with all the stuff that went on during the week? Like, how do you expect the young guys to respond from both sides?
1: I think, I think on our side, some of the youth is good because you don't really know how you're supposed to feel. You just kind of roll in. You know, Corey Nunez at short, a couple other guys. You know, That's, I'm just going to play because I don't really know what else I would do here. I don't know what the norm is for travel. Kind of already weird, went to a tournament. We don't do that all the time. And now we're out in Oregon. I, I think it's some of that kind of ignorance of how it all goes that just lets you show up and play, which is a really good trait a lot of these guys have.
0: We mentioned Corey Nunez. Uh, talking with Nick Oakley during the week, he was impressed with how Corey really took to The in-game communication and and playing the shortstop position—like sometimes you just don't really know until you go out and you play another team about how young guys will respond. But Nick said some good things about Corey Nunes.
1: Yeah, I call him Game Time Corey because it doesn't really (laughs) matter how the BP looks or what he's doing before the game. But we get those scrimmages going in the fall and we get the games going now, and he's going to check in and do what he does every time and get his knocks and make his plays at short.
0: I think he's going to be a really good player. How about the uh, how about the catchers? You're, of course, great, great catcher for the Gauchos. Threw out a lot of guys in second base, hit some big home runs in your day, which was you know, just last year. Right? Yeah. We're, we're not saying this was a long time ago, but <laughs> um, how are your catchers looking, your, your fellow catching group? I mean, they're looking awesome. It's been really cool
1: just seeing them develop and really take the position serious and get better and better. You know, seeing John when he first came in as a freshman, uh, this is his third year now, but when he first came in versus where he's at now, it's just a completely different guy, how he cares himself, how he goes about his business, and the way he plays the position. Um, and then AP, too, just has gotten so much better to be in a position to be out there and play and be a guy that we really trust back there. So it's just been really cool watching him get better, and they're still both going to keep getting better. And uh, I think it'll be cool for the Gauchos to see some catchers that are going to be a little more offensive than the last couple of years.
0: Uh, Well, (laughs) you know, to say the least. (laughs) You you jabbing your own offensive performance? Oh,
1: no, I mean, I hit some homers when it mattered. Uh, I was really good for (laughs) cheating a fastball and catching a good game, but these guys have a little more upside at the plate and a little more apple juice and bat-to-ball skills, and they can both run and, you know, all that fancy stuff that gets you to keep playing.
0: Let's talk about Gianni Bloom. What made you want to come back and and put the the staffing pants on? Because it felt like... As a player, uh, you know, when you were in your playing days, the last two years, like it would suit you. And so you decided to make that transition. How has that been?
1: Oh, it's been really cool, honestly. It's it's different than what you think it is as a player, um, but it's definitely kind of suits how I saw the game and how I played the game. And I always thought I'd probably want to coach one day, um, and then, you know, DJ would, would say stuff to me during games, like, hey, I think you're going to make a good coach one day. And I would kind of tell him to shut up, get away from me, don't tell me that, I'm going to play forever. <laughs> um, but, you know, once I decided to stop playing, it just seemed like it, it made the most sense for me. Um, and just last year, I wasn't playing every game, and I started doing some more stuff and looking at scouting reports more, and we had a really young pitching staff, and I just started to get joy most out of kind of helping those guys. and watching young guys like Trey kind of start coming into their own and getting better and doing it in the games. And Once I was on the bench, uh, we were playing Stanford in that last game, and I was kind of standing with checks, and we were talking about pitches and what to do, and I was looking at the game like, I don't really need to go into this game right now. Like, I want to win, but I feel like I'm more helpful here right now with what I'm doing, and I just think that kind of relationship with the younger guys really made me feel like, yeah, this is probably what I want to do. That's cool.
0: So you kind of had that moment of – revelation right where it's like you it was in there you were thinking about it and then there was like a little moment of confirmation yeah and after that game
1: I told John I was like thanks for giving me a couple more games before you took it over man (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so yeah it was kind of a moment where I was just you know proud of what I did as a player and I had to work really hard to kind of do what I did success wise and even be out there playing with these guys but it's cool now seeing these guys out there and they have a lot more talent, and you know they have the ability to really have a career doing this thing. So it's cool to just kind of help facilitate that any way I can.
0: You've uh, you've converted your personal Instagram page to a uh, coach a catching coaching Instagram page. You want to plug the Johnny uh, Bloom Catching Facility or uh, Academy, whatever you want to call it?
1: Yeah, it's called Johnny Bloom Catching. Uh, I'm doing some lessons with some younger kids right now. Uh, there's some rules, so I can't do the older group yet, but. I went to a catching convention. Uh, it was pretty awesome. They sent me out to just kind of go learn and see what I could take back, and it just made me feel like, wow, this is this is a really cool field, and it's the catching specific stuff really kind of inspired me to just start putting my own ideas out there. And if it's wrong, if it's good, whatever it is, it's just kind of inspired me to put it out there. And a couple people encouraged me to do that, and, and it's been good. I got some good feedback, and some it started some good conversations with guys, so it's been fun. It's
0: good. It's good to have a, a student manager like Justin Hahn who can be your protege like you can coach him and then he gets to catch bullpens and so he gets to work on on his stuff and and so Justin is benefiting and pitchers are benefiting because your direction with Justin the student manager is helping out the pitchers yeah it's been
1: a lot of fun and and Jehan's my guy we spend a lot of time together and that's been really fun but he loves catching and he catches a ton of pens and so any time that we want to go in you there. You want him to be good. Video. Yeah, 100%. Right? And he is good, and he's gotten better and better, and he blocks, too. And I mean, he's a he's a good catcher. I think he could catch at some schools uh, around the country, but it's really fun to just go in the lab with him and just try stuff out. And some stuff looks really stupid and doesn't work, and then some stuff we're <laughs> like, hey, I think we got something going there. Uh, so he's good to bounce stuff off of and hang out with in the meantime.
0: That's awesome. All right, well, got so those three games here in Oregon. Let's go win a series. Uh, hopefully the catcher's are the stars of the show
1: absolutely prediction today i got a john newman homer
0: john newman homer i could dig it absolutely all right winds winds blowing out the field will be hot i unless the wind changes but uh let's not let the cold bother us time to play baseball sun shining absolutely let's do it all right team. thanks thanks Jeff. It's, like a, it's, it's the Logic Monitor pregame show. Game. Yeah,
2: pregame show. Yeah,
0: it's, it's a pregame show. You know, we, we do call the games on the radio. So, uh, what is it What is it about PK Park that you love so much? Because you've hit three home runs here in your career.
2: I mean, this just brings out the best of me, I guess. Uh, started last year just... think I think what it was is just I was just so excited to be playing and playing against my former high school teammate Kasovich and now that he's gone it's like a little weird but it still reminds me of him so it just kind of brings back the early memories of baseball and I just let it eat. Being here, it does like I, I <laughs> just, just just because your buddy is I standing on the up, other side of the field. Our bus arrived yesterday, I was like, Damn, like Josh Kasovich isn't here. And I was like, Oh, Kasovich, like Pally Baseball, we got a Pally Baseball oh, alum that works sure. for Oregon. Like, I don't know, it's just something about Oregon a lot of good energy.
0: So, it's a family thing, it's, I guess. It's a family connection, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it's a little colder this year. Oh, how God, so it how, is. How, did, how did you manage the uh. The cold. I, we're, it's cold right now, and it's it's gonna be cold this morning. Oh, you got a meeting to go to. Yeah. Get over there. No, we're just resuming, right. picking up where we left off. We are recording right now. So. Okay. Um. Well, after a what was that? Like a four-hour break or four hours in between? Uh, Something like when you. I told you to go to the hitters' meeting. Yep. Because you were late, and I was distracting you. Yep. And now after the ten-nothing win. And everyone's looking at you because, like, why is Kevin talking to Xander? You went over six, seven, over seven. I think so. You didn't have seven ABs. I didn't. I think
2: it was over six. I lost track. I don't know. I
0: don't don't think it was over six. But we were talking about how much you like hitting here. You didn't display it in that game, but you do like hitting here. I love it. I love it here. (laughs) Well, okay. So, what was the? How was the mood for that in that in the dugout for that game? Because that was pretty fun.
2: I mean that was electric. Every every guy up down the order was banging the ball around the yard. We had three homers in an inning. I mean, a lot of a lot of exciting stuff to be cheering for with the guys. So it was a lot of fun. And pitchers were so dominant. It was so easy to play defense out there behind them.
0: That was uh, Tyler had a rough first appearance last week. Yep. Against Oregon State, was that the Tyler Bremner that you're used to seeing uh, in challenges? Yep.
2: Bounce back. There he is. He's back. It was
0: dynamite So pitchers retired 16 batters in a row Between the 4th inning and the ninth inning Wow, that doesn't surprise me though. Off, Offensive 5 homers Erty is here judging you right now So yeah. can you say something clever To finish up So I can move on to the guys that actually did something in
2: the game <laughs> um, I don't got nothing much clever But I'm ready for this game Game 2 of the day Ready to go, have some fun has
0: okay. the road treated you well?
2: Definitely. A lot of great food. Uh, travel's been a little tight here and there, but Akame's been killing it, so happy to be here. Okay.
0: Good job. Nice Thank job, Jeremy. Alright, standing here with Jared Sundstrom. Um, you just hit two homers. First time you hit two homers in a game? No, I did it this summer. Ah, you did it this summer. Yeah. Okay. When when did you do it this summer? Where did you do it this summer? Uh,
2: against the league and Potters in
0: Sacramento. Who'd you play for this summer? Heelsburg Prune Packers. The Prune Packers. Prune Packers, yeah. <laughs> uh, but those were that was with wood bat. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So this one was with metal bat. Yeah. Um, and this is at uh, in Eugene, in, a, in an important game for the Gouches, I think. Yeah. So uh, when we got the ready list this morning, you weren't in the starting lineup. When did mm-hmm. you find out that you were going to play? Uh, probably 45 minutes right before, right towards the end of BP. So, okay. Yeah. So. Did that change your approach for preparation for the game, or were you Uh, ready to go anyways? I was just just try to stay ready no matter what. Okay, and uh, what were the pitches that you hit over the fence? Uh, Both fastballs, those fastballs up. Do you remember the counts? First one 2-0, second one 0-0. So, do you consider uh, first pitch of the uh, bat a hitter's count? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You like it in first balls? Absolutely. Well, you swung at the first pitch you saw as a gaucho. Uh huh. What was your? Because that was that was last week in surprise, uh-huh. and you'd been you'd had to wait a couple games to get in. Mm hmm. What was your mindset going into that? Were you swinging first pitch no matter what? Going into Minnesota? Yeah. No.
2: <laughs> I was just just ready for it, on time for the heater. Saw a good heater to hit, pretty pretty middle. And took a good move on it. Do you feel more relaxed in the
0: plate than you do in this interview right now? Uh I'd say it's about the same. <laughs> right there. <laughs> Listen, up, we're having fun, dude. Listen, you got a little, little shake, little shake. Yeah. Um, we're talking baseball though. But four four hits as I got so far, all uh-huh. extra base hits. Yeah. Are we gonna see you get a single so you can try and
2: steal second base? Um not in your game. I'd, li- I'd like to keep hitting extra base hits. In the past, I don't do that very much, so I want to keep doing it. Do you like hitting at Caesar Wasaga Stadium? I know we haven't played yeah. a game there yet, but lots Absolutely. of BP. Yeah. Absolutely. Hitter's yeah, yard, it.
0: right? Uh huh. Do you? I like hitting here Whereas, too. Where's like <laughs> short, short fences? You know they moved the fences in. Uh-huh. Last year was the first year of this uh, this arrangement. And we can take a look at that flag right there. I like that. Wind's blown out. Uh-huh. So five home runs that the guys just hit in game one today yeah. any predictions for game two um i like five again i like five again too we don't only get greedy yeah we don't only get greedy hey. it's t- quality at bats right uh-huh i got a lot of quality at bats in this game yeah absolutely guys were, were spitting on breaking balls mm-hmm. um what was your best at bat
2: of the day that's what we'll finish with best at bat of the day I got a ball um probably my f- second at bat because i had two good i thought i had two good takes to get to that fastball i didn't chase Okay. So that was the first
0: homer. Yes. So 2-0. Uh huh. Looked at two that he didn't like. Saw yep. one he liked. Hit it over the fence. Yep. Good approach. Yep. Okay. Uh, it's time to get warmed up. Um, good right. luck this afternoon. Thank you. Do you want to talk about that, Alex? Yes. What did you What did you say? Yeah. So the hot
2: chocolate has cooled down to a, just a phenomenal temperature to turn into the grip the greatest cup of chocolate milk I've ever had in my life. So your hot chocolate is now hot milk chocolate. Yeah. Now it's just chocolate, chocolate milk. milk and it's delicious. It's exactly what you'd want in a good chocolate milk. Viscosity-wise, flavor, strength, everything about it. Takes a sip. <sighs> yeah. No, did you, did you fill good. the
0: cup wanting to have hot chocolate?
2: No, I anticipated a, a cooler cup for sure, but I didn't expect it to really be a really good chocolate milk. I've never really had this cooled-down hot chocolate thing, but, I mean, it's it's really good. Gotcha pitches were really good. Yeah. Eager no, and Bremner. Yeah, yeah. We threw the ball really well today, and uh, we got another one. We're going to do it again. Uh, I think they mixed speeds really well, went after hitters. Uh, Yeah, it's good. More of the same,
0: game two. Uh, Thoughts on Mooring starting this afternoon? I'm excited. I've seen a lot of good stuff from him. Uh, He's got a really good pitch mix, young guy, live arm. I'm excited.
3: Okay. Thanks, Alex. Yeah.
0: All right, UCSB Analytics is here. The DA, Devin Cost, and Isaiah Ochoa. Isaiah, we're gonna need a nickname for you because um, I'm 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 already calling Devin the DA again. So we need a nickname mm-hmm. for you. We don't have to force it now, but anything. Something that will off, probably off just natural.
3: Jayhon calls me by my B real name. If you know what B real is.
0: I I'm I only know of B Real because of Justin Hahn.
3: Mm, so what's your B real?
0: what's your B Real name then?
3: My B real name's Big because my last name's Ochoa, so we just took off the OA. Then I mean, I've always been a big guy my whole life, so Big Oach. That's how it came about.
0: Okay, so we have DA and Big Oach. Let's
4: go. <laughs> well, what's your talking- nickname then? <laughs> what are we supposed to call you? Yeah. You can call me whatever you want. You don't have any nicknames.
0: Most people call me by my last name or Kev or KC, like John Newman. What's up, KC?
4: (laughs) Every time I see him. (laughs) It's great. Uh, I think think it might be KC now.
0: Yeah. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. All right, We're here to recap the Oregon series. We're here to draft our players and moments of the week. And update folks on the results from last week's draft and the votes and all that stuff. But before we get to that, let's talk about Oregon because it was a great weekend for the gauchos. They swept the ducks in three games, six to two, ten to nothing, and four to one. And considering everything that happened the week leading up to it, it was a a challenging task going into it having to travel the night before we got in late we were delayed on uh, both flights going up to Eugene so we didn't get into the hotel until about one thirty, and that's unusual for at least for for us like we usually will plan travel so that we're traveling during the daytime and are able to get in the day before in the afternoon practice, and then have a good night's sleep the day before a game. But because of the late switch and having to scramble and find limited flights or spool through a limited amount of flights, it was just kind of inevitable that we would get there late. So it kind of felt like a a pro style where we're we're getting in late the day before, having just come off of a series or a game or, or whatever. But I thought the guys did a really good job. In the airports and getting themselves ready and getting to bed, being down at breakfast on time, all that stuff to get ready, and then stand warm and competing and dealing with adversity and having it be a mentality weekend. And that's what Coach Checkits really harped on before the series began. Was this is going to be a mentality weekend? It was supposed to be our home opener we were looking forward to having family and friends in santa barbara we were looking forward to playing in the sunshine at home you know all the things that come with a opening weekend against a quality opponent like oregon from a big conference and so that was all washed away and you have to fly to their home yard to play them at home it wasn't phoenix i know we said it was going to be Phoenix last week on the podcast because at the time it was believed that that was most likely where we were going to go, and then it was a late flip to Eugene. So instead of playing a neutral side game, we go and play on the road, and it was cold. Devin will tell you how cold it is, cold it was. Um, and, yeah, it was a challenge. It was a challenge, and the boys, they stepped up. They were outstanding in pretty much all facets of the game. From hitting home runs to throwing strikes to running the bases. And it was just it was really fun to watch. It was really fun to call. And Devin, you were there. Isaiah, you were watching. Um can you guys share some thoughts on the weekend? I thought it was as close to Gaucho baseball as we will see. Like we did a lot of things that we work on a lot and we did them well. And we anticipate hitting lots of home runs. We anticipate our starters being strong. And we anticipate having a good back end of the bullpen. Um, and a lot of young talent was showcased this uh, this weekend. a lot of guys bounced back from maybe shaky performances their first time out. So what were your guys' thoughts, uh, starting with Devin,
4: since you were in the stands? Um, I feel like you covered almost almost all of it but it was it was quite cold there it was probably about four layers of pants five layers of shirts and jackets and sweatshirts and sitting out there not moving in the stands but it was a lot more manageable with the, the results we had I think I was able to
0: we're not we're not worried for,
4: about how cold you were devin worried about the performance <laughs> of the Gauchos that we are worried about I know I know I, I know I'm getting we're gonna there. get there I mean, I mean like I said you you, you covered it most. So it, it's just going to be repeating what you said. I mean, it was great baseball. Pitchers were super dominant. Looked great to see all of the starters go five and two thirds or six plus innings. And then a lot of, a lot of guys step up at the plate and I don't want to say any of their names yet. Cause we'll probably, we're going to mention them later on, but it's overall, it was a great weekend of baseball for the guys.
0: Isaiah, how'd it feel uh, sitting at home watching the games?
3: Uh, I did travel back home, so it was very, very comfortable. A little nervous because of the late flights, like, like you said. Uh, I saw the Google chat where check said, "Hey, there, <laughs> our connecting flight. Right? We're hopefully they're holding it for us." Which I was like, "Oh my God, we, they still haven't hit the connecting flight." So, but yeah, watching it was pretty cool at home. Very, very comfortable. No place better than home, and no, I mean, better way I think, at than get a sweep than versus a ranked opponent as well.
0: What about, um, well, I guess it's okay to, to mention things about players (laughs) even before the draft. You guys are so, you guys are worried (laughs) about the draft. I don't want to give away my strategy (laughs) at all, but it's it's okay to like, if if something stood out, like, like go for it. But I know it's, it's different watching it at
4: home. I uh, guess something something. that stood out, not player wise was Isaac. One of my other interns was like texting me like, like, Oh my God, did you see that? Like, like, because we were texting back and forth, it's like, "Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> I'm here. I'm, I'm watching the game." But it was it was kind of awesome though him texting me, knowing that that he was also watching it. But I thought that was kind of funny. He's like, "Oh, that was a moonshot!" Like I think talking about like Trumble's home run. I was like, "Yeah, it was. <laughs> Crushed it. That was a moonshot."
0: And it probably he probably texted you, you know, a few minutes after it actually
4: happened because oh. the stream is probably played no, yeah. right. Yeah, I, I, I got a couple of texts during the game like, hey, how far was that? Hey, how hard was that? Stuff like that from some people trying to – because I saw the analytics Twitter was active this weekend, so they wanted to get some of the inside scoop on the numbers. That's awesome.
0: Gauchos, 5-2 and two on the season. Early season RPI sitting at 21 currently. So strong RPI ranking. I mean, it's it's good to be up at the top no matter no matter what point in the season uh I don't want to start RPI talk just yet we've only played 7 games but uh still pretty cool Jared Sundstrom named Big West position player of the week and in the Big West and Matt Ager, named Big West pitcher of the week so two Gauchos take home the Big West players of the week honors over the course of the weekend Gauchos outscored the Ducks 20-3, to three. we hit eight home runs in the series, Ducks hit none, we did not trail at all in the series, just scored first in every game, the game was never tied other than 0-0, 16 strikeouts in the 10 nothing win, we stole 15 bases, the pitchers retired 16 batters in a row between the fourth and the ninth innings in game two. Uh, allowed only two earned runs, three total. As I mentioned, it's good for a .67 ERA. Held the Ducks to a one seventy-eight batting average. Surrendered only two extra base hits. Couchers had twelve, and there was one moment in Game Three, and this was you know the second leg of the doubleheader on Saturday. But I know doubleheaders are long. I understand that, like they're long days. And Oregon, they had. They they had a couple runners on in the fourth inning, game one of the doubleheader. They didn't generate a real offensive chance until the Colby Shade double in the third inning of game two, and so in real actual time, that was like a three hour difference. And so when Shade hit the double, and I, I didn't talk about it on the broadcast, but I was kind of like surprised because I completely forgot that. You know, Oregon still has fans here, and they're still threatened. They're still a threat to potentially come back and win this third game because the pitchers were so dominant from the fourth inning on in Game Two in that doubleheader, where it just felt like it was just all Gauchos for like, yeah, from that fourth inning on, it was this, it was an unbelievable performance uh, all around um, by the Gauchos, and just those numbers prove it and. It's just, it's, it just feels really good coming back after a week like that um, where everything was flipped on its head and you put a good product on the field. So shout-out to checks, shout-out to DJ, Berg, Erdy, and, of course, Justin Hockmay for making all that happen. Um, it wasn't easy. It definitely wasn't easy. And shout-out to the administration from both schools for – Allowing us to do it, or being there every step of the way and being flexible, and because there were there were teams this weekend in California who did not play, there were other teams that had to flip the sites, and so it's it's never good to miss a weekend. It just really isn't. If you're if you're trying to win forty games, if you're trying to go to the postseason, if you're trying to compete for a championship, it's never good to miss games because those are wins that you're losing those are games that you're losing opportunities for the players to get better all that stuff so shout out to everybody who made it happen they just really wanted devin to sit in the cold and track these uh, track these <laughs> yeah games.
4: yeah definitely yeah definitely <laughs> i mean hey,
3: hey it's, wind, it's okay. wind
0: chill the wind chill on friday the wind chill on friday was 24 at first pitch
4: Oof, felt so, like it
0: yeah Let's see three quality starts, Goody, Eger Mooring, and three saves too. Schreier, Bremner, and Whiting with the vulture save because Hudson did most of the work, and then Whiting <laughs> got the save, getting that last out. So, any other thoughts on the series from you guys? I know I I I talked I I did a lot there. That was mostly what I'll do. I'll like write a bunch of stuff down and recap stuff like that and then anything that jumps out i want you guys to jump or that i want you guys to jump in with comments
4: i think the one like big thing you missed was the 15 stolen bases i think that was that was pretty massive this weekend it felt like almost every inning like someone someone was stealing we had a double steal or something just like even third base just felt felt like we were just taking every single bag from them which was pretty awesome
3: Yeah, to, like, say what off Devin said, because obviously I was watching TV. The broadcasters hated it. They were, like, they would be, like, in another stolen base for the Goucher. Like, they were just sick of the stolen bases. Uh, To add more, Tyler Bremner, huge comeback from last weekend, was not a favorable. The past weekend coming in, just doing what he's supposed to do, three innings, and shutting the Oregon Ducks, even though they were shut down by uh, eager but continuing the shutdown domination.
0: Yeah, and anytime you have a big lead, you know, there's there's a mentality part of that where it's okay, we're going to we're going to finish the job. We're going to finish the job and and Tyler did a great job on the hill. He he picked up right where Matt left off uh in that game. And it was um he was outstanding. So moving forward to the draft. Last week we did our first draft? The uh, the votes. I won the vote. Pat myself on the back. Toot my horn. Forty percent.
4: <sighs> Congrats. No, hopefully, you. don't get used to it.
0: <laughs> Isaiah came in second with
4: thirty-one uh, percent, and Let's then go. Uh, Devin, you came in third place. I'm sorry. Tough, tough t- t- showing last week. Um, I thought the boys had it in them. I thought I was going to get the votes. Uh, at the end it just didn't come together but I'm, I'm feeling like a really good bounce back week this week um, and yeah hoping the fans will uh, give me a couple extra votes so the format moving forward we're going to keep a, a scoreboard
0: of points based on the votes so first place gets three points second place gets two third place gets one so we'll have a running count on who wins the vote each week
4: yeah, so there's offensive player, pitcher, moment of the week, hardest hit ball, and best pitch, and those are the five categories, and we'll do in that order every single time. So whoever's last in the vote the week before, gets the first pick, in offensive player of the week, moment of the week, and best pitch, and so then, then whoever gets second in the last in the vote before is gonna have the second pick of every single round, That's no matter right. what round it is. That's right. That's right. And then. Whoever got first in the vote, they'll have the last pick for the three I just mentioned, but then we'll have the first pick for pitcher of the week and hardest hit ball. Hitter of the week, or position player of the week, Devin, kick us off. Um, okay, so I put a lot of thought into this one. Oh, really? Uh, but I think I'm going to have to go with, the, yeah, the, the obvious choice of the Big West. Was it position player, offensive player of the week, Jared Sundstrom? Uh, Did not play in the Friday game, but played both games with a doubleheader. Went 5-for-8, hit 625 average, 600 on base. It's lower because he had a sack fly. And then a 1.625 slugging. And in those two games, he had two home runs and two doubles to tally four total extra base hits, three RBIs, and two stolen bases. And he averaged about 6.5 bases per game. And then this is where it gets a little analytics. So I, I'm going to do a quick explanation of this stat I'm about to use because some people might not be familiar with this, but WOBA. It's uh, weighted on base average, and it combines all the different aspects of hitting into one metric, weighting each of them in proportion to their actual run value. So Like a home run will have a certain like value to it that you multiply it like compared to a single because obviously home runs are a lot more valuable than a single. But he had a 0.832 WOBA, and to pr- put that in perspective, according to Fangraphs, 0. 0.400 Woba is excellent. Like that's like a very above average. So the fact that he had doubled what Fangraphs says is like the best of the best, I think is very, very impressive for Jared Sundstrom. Hopefully my listeners are, didn't just zone out right there. I hope the common people
3: understand what you said there.
0: Yeah. So it, So in layman's terms, in layman's terms, what would that be? You guys know what he, that term uh, is,
4: right? In layman's terms. For the common folk. So in English. Um for the basically he was if you take an elite player in this stat, he was double that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But so hopefully that hopefully that was dumbed down enough to He
3: was player of the week, some might say. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. So Jared Sunstrom, good
0: pick. <laughs> good pick. Isaiah, okay. Isaiah, you have pick number two.
3: Give me AP, Aaron Parker, three for eight, eight, two homers on Saturday. Almost tripped on third base. I don't know if you guys caught that. He almost ate it. Sniper almost got him on third. I don't know what happened there. I have to see. Ask him on Tuesday, maybe. Two homers. Uh, Walked twice as well. Slugging was 1,125. Batting average was 375. I mean – Two homers and one day and one game. Huge for him. Um, both on fastballs, obviously. Don't give the don't give a fastball to AP because he's gonna destroy it.
0: And he, he hit one over the left field fence and one over the right field fence. That's power. Good pick. That was probably gonna be mine. If you didn't scrambling it. now
3: for for another pick. No, well, Ooh. I'm just
0: like, look, <laughs> my pick's gonna be Corey Nunez. And he's on okay. the draft board, two weeks in a row. How about that? Because he was uh, he was picked last week by, I think it was by you, Isaiah, right?
4: No, but uh, I Devin. picked him second second overall for yeah second overall.
0: So Corey Nunez, he's uh, the magician at shortstop, but he's been getting it done with the bat. Uh, he's been difficult to strike out. No K's on the weekend. He had three walks, on-base percentage of 692. That was good for a second on the squad this weekend. He also stole a base, six hits. That was the uh, most of any Gaucho. He had a clutch two-run single. I thought that was a, an important hit in game two because it was 4 nothing Gauchos. The inning before, UCSB had scored three runs. They had second and third one out after they had scored already and they had a chance to score more, um, loaded the bases, and then currently hit into that weird double play where he was ruled out for base runner interference at first. So mm-hmm. Gaucho's only settled for three. And then UCSB put the pressure on again. Next inning, had runners on with less than two outs, got to two outs, hadn't scored yet, and Corey comes up, singles through the middle, scores two runs, made it 6 nothing, and it really felt like it took the wind out of the sails of anything that Oregon was trying to muster. In game two, so I thought that was a big hit on the weekend. So Corey Nunez again, six for ten, hit six hundred, have a have a weekend, kid. How a babe tonight? Hopefully,
4: we'll continue to see him on on the draft board this yeah. year.
0: Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great. Um, second category. So how does this go?
4: Now this round, you get the first pick. I say the second, and then I get. The- third. So pick.
0: Isaiah, Isaiah's picking second every time.
4: Yes, second. exactly. Every time. So,
0: pitcher of the Sandwiched. week. Wait, so I thought you were going to get... No, you don't get pitch a week. I get pitcher of the week. Yes. You do. Yeah, I get, yeah. To, pick first. I get to pick first. So, man, I think I have to... If I'm trying to get votes, I have to pick Matt Ager because he was Big West pitcher of the week. Like, it just... It adds to. It adds to the pick. Like, I'd be I'd be stupid to not
4: pick the Big West pitcher of the week. Right. I mean, you you can do you can do whatever you want, Kevin. I mean, <laughs> you could do what it, you it, want. this is this is your own personal opinion. Don't let the don't let the public per, persuade you. You know. But this is this is the first overall pick in this category,
0: and so I I I don't have the guts to try and pick a sleeper here
3: Ooh. Is
0: What is what I'm saying? So I'm going with Matt Ager. Big West I'm pitcher of the week. That,
4: I'm hoping that <laughs> sleeper falls to me. I think I know who you have in mind there, so. <laughs> 6
0: innings for Ager, Uh got the win in game 2. Two hits, no runs, three walks, nine strikeouts, opponents hit one, 11 against him. And Matt was you know as as good as he has been as a gaucho minus the walks. Um Three walks last week, three walks this week, but I think he's going to clean that up, and he's going to rack up strikeouts. Uh, The off-speed was was outstanding. Um, It was something that he could go to time and time again. Uh, Didn't have to pitch out of trouble a ton later in the start, but at the the beginning, the first few innings, he was pitching out of trouble, um, making big pitches, so Matt Ager, Pitcher of the Week, and the first pick in our Pitcher of the Week vote and also Big West Pitcher of the Week. So there we go. Isaiah, you're next.
3: Give me – talk to him about – talked about him earlier. Give me Tyler Bremner, three innings. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I know, Dev did. I knew – I had a feeling Tyler Bremner, I mean, freshman last weekend, did not have a good weekend, like I said, against Oregon State, to see a freshman get back on the mound. I mean, he got nine outs, seven seven of them. Seven of them, sorry where K's didn't give up any hits, no walks, got a save. All the strikeouts were on fastballs, too. If you have best pitch, maybe take that one. If not, I don't know. But, yeah, Tyler Bremner, give me three innings pitched, Perfect.
0: He was pretty darn good. He was pretty darn good. And I I said on the broadcast, I said, if you were worried about Tyler Bremner last week, this is – really good Tyler Bramner that we saw this week. So good pick. Cause that I was thinking about taking him one. I really was.
3: I mean, he was good enough to take one. He went perfect. Perfect three innings.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh,
4: with, I'm not disappointed with who I'm going to get because I thought, honestly, who I'm going to pick, I thought he was going to go second overall. And, and one one
0: guy's and one guy's gonna get left
4: off the board here, which is not fair. Yeah, it's I I, I, I have uh... an I I have an honor so <laughs> I think me by saying who my honorable mention is, you're gonna know who I'm gonna pick. So no,
0: make your make your for make your pick before you okay. say honorable mention.
4: Okay. okay, I'm gonna pick Reed Mooring. He's our second starter of the doubleheader. gave us six and two thirds innings pitched, one earned run, one rock, one. Walk six strikeouts, he had a .9 whip, 1.35 ERA on the game, and they only hit 2.27 against him. And he had a 8.1 strikeouts per nine and six strikeouts per walk, and the top that all up, he had he got the win for the game. I think it was just a really good, also another bounce back performance. I mean, he didn't have a a bad performance last week, but this is this is more of the mooring that we expected. And then for my honorable mention, I'm gonna have to go with Michael Gutierrez. I mean, I, it was a it was a tough decision between the two. I mean, he he gave us five and a third on one one run, which was a great outing from him. I just think Mooring was better in some categories.
0: I I, I love all you analytics guys, I really do. But <laughs> is six strikeouts to one strikeout to walk ratio in one start? Is that really a stat that needs to be said, Devin?
4: No, I I can leave that out. Sorry, Kevin. Or KC. Sorry, Casey. I'm just trying to, trying to get people who are listening to be like, "Oh yeah, like like he well, said, said way more things than other people.
0: He, you said he had one walk and six strikeouts and then gave a few okay, more but, stats and then came back and said <laughs> the
4: strikeout to walk ratio it was 6 to 1." No. Normally normally it doesn't work out that perfect, okay? It's normally it's like it, it just happened to be like that this time, but well like in the, in just the for absence, people who in didn't the want absence, have to do that Spencer map, you know? in the absence of Spencer
0: Stewart who I would banter with like this countless times i I need scapegoats so thank you,
4: yeah, I mean i <laughs> people are listening to this when they're dry like they're just driving or just relaxing or something, so i I didn't want them to make them put in that hard work of doing six divided by one, so i i I felt like I should just do it for them and let them know, so they didn't have to what is six divided that. by one? Six, I think. No. Come on, don't do this to me right now. <laughs> it's it's six. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, I said I said yeah, that. Don't worry. Like, but you're like it's six, right? <laughs> well, I I said six divided by one is six, and then you you asked me that, so you made me, you made me second guess myself. <laughs> okay, let's the move DJ, on. To
0: mom, but... Moment of the week. Moment of the week, and Devin has first pick.
4: Okay. Okay, I guess I'll keep this answer slightly more simple, with 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 not a bunch of numbers. But uh, my moment—do you, do you, Devin, do you? My moment of the week is just is sweeping the ducks. So I guess it's kind of the weekend is the moment because that was a massive series for us, uh, sweeping a ranked opponent, and I think it just a lot of lot of confidence now going into the rest of the season, seeing what we're what we're capable of. Good
3: pick, Isaiah. All right my moment is three homers in the top of the 8th in one inning again the broadcasters they the broad they did the broadcast curse okay cuz it was the it was the uh, i think Curtley hit it first yep and then and then they like the strikeout happened and then i don't remember who hit the second home run i think it was a Sudstrom, Sundstrom 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 and then the guy the broadcaster goes man you would really hate See a strikeout here, and the strikeout happened. He goes, "Okay, like, come on, let's not have it." The homer, and then AP goes, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, "Oh man!" Like the broad, so the broadcast curse happened right there. So you could, you could have uh, blamed the broadcasters of Oregon. If you're for the Gauchos, you could thank them. If you're the Ducks, you could blame them. But yeah, three homers in one inning in to the top of eighth, kind of huge.
0: Good pick. I had that on my list. It was high up on the list. And I also, you know, when I'm looking down at my score sheet during the game, I, I noticed patterns like that. And so I brought it up because after AP hit it, I said, it's gone Homer, K, Homer, K, Homer. And when Nick Oakley came up, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Don't do this to Nick, please. <laughs> Don't do it. But he singled. And so I was, I was I was I was psyched that he ended the pattern. Um uh so uh, it's my pick. My pick for moment of the week. Um I have a couple in mind here. And I'm trying to decide which one to go with.
4: We're gonna have to put a shot clock up. Ooh.
0: Um You know, I'm I'm gonna go I'm not gonna go with offense. I'm not going to go with offense. I'm going to go with something that set the tone for the week. I'm going to go with Nick Oakley's diving catch on the first batter of the game or second batter of the game, second batter of the game on, uh, on Friday. Cause Nick Oakley, you know, he, he is, he struggled with the bat, but he has been there defensively and we haven't talked a lot about defense. We it's it doesn't get a ton of attention. It's it's more fun to talk about home runs and strikeouts and, and all that stuff. And defense is important. And Coach Erdman emphasizes we need to work to play work to the point of where we're playing championship defense. And a play like that is championship defense. Like I know it's in the first inning of the first game, but you never know if that falls into right field. You never know what that could lead to. So Nick Oakley, he's my uh my moment of the week diving catch, and it was pretty spectacular. It was, four fully yeah. horizontal forehand side line drive,
4: edge of the outfield grass like it was beautiful. Uh, a some web Sports Center top ten right there. Absolutely, Absolutely. save
0: the run.
3: There was a runner on third when that happened.
0: Yes, that's right. Good point, Isaiah. because um, come on, Isaiah. Are you, on third? are you trying to help him get more votes? What are you Dude, doing? I'm trying
3: to give Oakley <laughs> some uh. <laughs>
0: Credit in, yeah. so in love. Yeah. It saved a run. I forgot about that. Thank you. Saved a run. And yeah, Mikey, he stranded runners at third, like three or four of the first five innings and didn't let the ducks score. So, and it preserved the, the lead. So as my other my honorable mention was the um, one was the bread hour home run, the grand slam, because it sealed the game. Yeah. And the other Not, one was was uh, Barrett striking
4: out of shade. I had yeah, I had another yeah I had another honorable mention The Ben Burke one pitch outing, one pitch the, two outs bang exactly the 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 ending inning double play that 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 play right there that fired me up and I definitely think it fired up the rest of the team to yeah. to see him just come in get that and just. Yell at the bench. That was a pretty awesome moment.
0: Okay, I might. I almost picked uh, Barrett picking over to first base five times in a row too. As the moment of the week, six, <laughs> like six times. Six. Yeah, <laughs> six times. <laughs> pretty great. Pretty great. I mean, yeah, yeah, he had a lot of poise. Did uh, did Hudson Barrett <laughs> a lot of poise. Um. So it's pitch of the week. Did I get first pick?
4: Hardest oh, hit ball. I think we're on
0: hardest mm-hmm. hit ball. God, I'm being doing a bad job hosting. At least me. that's how I did. Sorry, guys.
4: Yeah. Hardest hit ball. Hardest hit of the week. Hmm. I guess it depends. Are we going off of the actual numbers or I, I kind of want to do like what like the eye no, like what felt like yeah, the hardest. It's hit. I
0: it's it's eye test slash what we're looking at here. With the numbers, because there is a okay. hardest hit ball according to the numbers, there is, yeah. and I th- I think I'm gonna go with it. I think I'm gonna go with the Sunstrom Homer off the scoreboard. Oh, his his first one. Uh, left center, the two zero count hitters count, and he smashed it. Um, hundred and nine point four. Exit velocity, which was the hardest hit ball of the weekend. So, mic drop. It was the hardest hit ball. You guys can't, you can't in play that. Can't top it. So,
4: in play, I could, I could pull up. A, oh, you didn't. You foul ball. That was slightly harder. So you didn't share the foul <laughs> I won't. ball stats. I won't. There were harder the, hit balls that were foul balls. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't see why we would want to <laughs> talk and put spotlight on a foul ball. So I, I didn't include those. <laughs> All right, Isaiah,
3: second pick. Would, I'm going to go with Justin Trimble's homer 107 off the bat. Um, the camera couldn't even capture the ball. Like you just see right field and the ball's not even in the camera. So for me, that was pretty hard hit other than Sundstrom's. Obviously, for you guys, it's different. But I mean, according to numbers, it went 438 feet to the broadcasters of Oregon. They thought it was a moonshot as well. So. Give me trim. Only had like two at bats, four play appearances that weekend as well. So, we to get into on trim.
0: And it was the uh, the game winning hit. It was. Three. It was the difference in the ball game. And S- S- Sunstrom, you know, the only reason why the ball stopped is because it hit a scoreboard, and Trims just kept going because he hit it over everything, batting cages, light stanchions. It just cleared everything. So, nice job, Trim. Nice pick. Isaiah Devin.
4: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like you guys, you guys picked the hardest hit one and the, the eye test hardest hit one. So, and far the farthest kind ones. of put me in both of them were the farthest. Yeah, that mm-hmm. yeah, by point by less than a foot too, which I think is pretty impressive that, that they hit it so close. Um, yeah, but I think in regards to the graphic and what will look the nicest on the graphic, uh, for hours, um, Grand Slam, and it comes in as this statistically the second hardest hit ball at one hundred eight point six miles per hour off the bat. It didn't go quite as far, but it it gave there was a added a lot of energy I think to the team, especially after they intentionally walked Xander, either because of the matchup or because of his home run earlier in the game. The just that that like the we'd rather face Ivan than Xander. We also looked crushed off the bat, which was pretty awesome. So, going Ivan Brower's grand slam.
0: Good pick. So mm-hmm. i I was convinced from where I was sitting that like it it was well fair and it hit the either the back fence of the bullpen or it went over the bullpen fence. And then I talked to Erty about it, and he was like, "I thought it was going to be foul. It it just barely like grazed off of the foul pole and barely snuck over the fence." Um it says oh, here I, guess I missed that. It says here 385, so it must not have s- just barely snuck over the fence.
4: The one that just barely snuck over the fence was um I mean home run's a home run, but Aaron yeah. Parker's three hundred and fifty five foot home run to left field. Yeah. Home one. Yeah. I'm just trying to unravel the mystery of of Ivan's uh,
0: grand slam. And he, I mean, he I... did have uh he did have three of the top four hardest hit balls of the week.
4: Yeah, home run, single-single.
0: And five. And four of the top seven. Four of the top eight. Seven. Four of the top seven. Yeah, there we go. So, nice job, Ivan. Continues to scald the baseball. So, we're on to our last category. Pitch of the week. This is probably Devin's specialty.
4: Listen, <laughs> I don't know about specialty, but... Uh, this is where where the numbers come out. So so let me know if I if I say too much again. Um, no, no, trust me, the listeners hey, the like
0: f- this because it's <laughs> you, you can't you can't decipher this by looking at the pitch. You just you just can't. Or yeah, okay. unless you're like so, rigorously tracking these, um, you know, where percentages and strike percentages and all that.
4: Like it's just it's good stuff. So pick away. Yeah. So I mean, this weekend. For my best pitch, I have Matt Ager's slider. He threw it 46 times and 32 times of strike, so roughly around a 70% strike percentage. He got a whiff 26% of the time, and he got a cold strike or whiff 41.3% of the time. And hitters only, the batting average against this pitch was 111, and he got two-thirds or six out of nine of his strikeouts using the slider. So I think
3: Ager had the best pitch of the week. Solid pick. I'm gonna go Same. Bremner's fastball with percentage was 40%. Again, I said it earlier. Seven Ks on the fastball. I think that's pretty impressive. I mean we're D1 baseball. If you have to play D one, you must be pretty good to hit the fastball for Bremner to get seven Ks on a fastball. Pretty huge by him as well. So give me the Bremner fastball.
0: Yeah, Dev, your list didn't include Bremner's fastball. And so, I'm 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 naive to the fact that you guys have similar information. And so I'm like, oh, I'm gonna pick Bremner's fastball because Isaiah definitely doesn't have that. But then Isaiah talked about Bremner earlier, and I was like, uh-oh, he's probably gonna pick Bremner, and so I'm not gonna be able to take Bremner, who was just nails with the heater. It was awesome.
4: Hey, I mean, earlier today I asked you guys if you wanted a mini cheat sheet, and you guys said no. So I just I just went on and made a list for myself, and then. I didn't say the no. minutes before the podcast. I didn't say that. You didn't say yes. Oh. You didn't say yes. So I said, I said so we should I, all I, I be assume.
0: looking at the same information. That's what I said.
4: And so we we sent you to six four three, and I think that overwhelmed you a little. And bit. I, I, said, I said,
0: "Wait, this is way too complicated. How many buttons? How many buttons do I have to hit? How many different graphs do I have to look at?" I have to, I have to, I have to find UC Santa Barbara in a scroll down. And then have to pick each pitcher. You okay, can type the it. Sheet that has all it. the information on it already. You're kidding me?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. My pick. I just, I loved how Hudson performed. So I'm going with Barrett fastball uh, 21 to 31 strikes. That's uh, 70, sorry, 68%. Of the times that he threw the fastball, 31 times, 21 strikes, uh, 19.35%. Whiff, percentage. What's the CFW called? Strike called whiff. strike and so whiff. A, it's, so it's in the zone and the batter swings and misses is what that is. Oh,
4: yeah, or like a time that the batter just didn't swing and it was called a strike. Okay. But he, he did that 51.61%
0: time. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. Um. Hitters slashed 167, 286, 167 against it, and four of the five strikeouts were on fastballs. And he just he was he was really poised in that eighth inning where he had runners at first and second. It was still a two-run game. Gouchers are playing for the sweep. Ducks are trying not to get swept at home, and they had the first two runners on in the inning, nobody out, and Hudson gets a couple of veteran players. Both lefties on swings and misses um, to end the inning. Were they really, was? I should have this pulled up, but I know it was. Is it was Tanner Smith for out number two, and that's when he picked over a bunch of times in that at bat against Tanner. And Tanner has hurt the Gauchos in the past couple of years, and so I was just waiting like he hasn't had a moment yet this week. He got robbed by Oakley in game one, like this is going to be Tanner Smith's moment and he's going to hurt the Gauchos, but Hudson had other plans. So great job, Hudson Barrett.
4: Okay. And then uh I got two honorable mentions that I won't yep. dive as deep into the numbers for him, but a uh, uh, Reed Mooring's curveball, not a single hit given up on that. Four of his six strikeouts came from that. So that was really impressive out of him. And then another honorable mention, Goody's changeup had a 20% whiff rate and a 35% called striker whiff rate.
0: Good stuff. Lots of fun. I mean, this is an easy weekend to talk about when you get three wins and it's uh, in dominating fashion. And it would be great if that happened all the time. Uh, Of course, it's baseball, so it probably won't, but we'll take advantage when we have lots of good stuff to talk about. So we know it's maybe gone a little bit long, but there's lots of good stuff to talk about. (laughs) So uh, look ahead briefly to next weekend. Xavier Musketeers out of the Big East come to town. Three games at Caesar Soccer Stadium. As of now, Tuesday night, check that Monday night. Uh, we anticipate playing the games without any issues regarding weather, um, which will be great because it's the Gaucho's home opener and all the things that I talked about at the beginning of the podcast will be able to come to fruition this week where the guys are finally playing at home, friends and family are here, and everybody's happy because we're playing at home under the lights at Caesar. It's going to be great. Xavier got swept at home or sorry, swept on the road by Oregon. Three to two, nine to two, five to three, and three to one. So they're close games. And then they uh they lost to Louisville in a midweek and then swept Western Carolina on the road this uh past weekend. So they're three and five. They do have a midweek against Northern Kentucky before they come out west. But A little bit of history with the Musketeers. Gauchos beat them in the Nashville Regional twice uh, to advance to the Super Regional in 2016. That was the last time we saw them. And last year, as a team, Xavier hit 100 home runs. 100, that's a lot. Gauchos hit a lot last year, and they hit 73. So, Xavier, they can swing it. I think they returned a few of their... You know, they're better hitters from last year. They do not have Luke Franzoni, who hit 29 last year. So, couches do not have to deal with Luke Franzoni, but um anticipate them being able to swing it a little bit. Um, they did score 28 runs in the last two games against Western Carolina. And it should be a fun series. So, we're looking forward to that. I'm sure um, everybody else is as well. Good job, you, you guys. And uh,
4: thank you for having us.
0: We'll see at the yard, tune into SB baseball data to vote on the draft because we really care and we're competitive, all three of us. We all want to win. So currently the host, Kevin, is in the lead with three points. Isaiah Ochoa is in second with two points. And the director of analytics is in last place with one. So
4: I'm not worried. Long season ahead. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right.
0: Thank you to everyone involved in this podcast Johnny Bloom, Jared Sundstrom, Xander Darby, Alex Schreier, Devin Cost, and Isaiah Ochoa. And thank you to Kyle's Kitchen. Great weekend. It was a great weekend. And you can say that about any weekend when you come away with three wins, of course. So, Gauchos tracking in the right direction, 5-2, and two, and we'll host Xavier this weekend at Cesar Stadium, 5 o'clock, first pitch on Friday. You can watch the games on ESPN+. Plus. You can listen to the games on ucsbgauchas.com. So, should be a great weekend at the yard. I think the sun will be out. Uh, it be a little chilly, but we're going to be playing baseball in the sunshine in Santa Barbara, so can't wait for that. Uh, that'll do it for the pod. My name is Kevin Cannon. Thank you so much for listening and supporting. Go vote uh, on the uh, the draft on Twitter, SB Baseball Data. You can find the uh, the poll over there. Go check them out. All right, that'll do it. See you at the yard.